Alright, welcome back. So, um, it was, this is a really, it's not a tough week where, you know, there's FIBA World Cup is going on, but, eh, I don't know. It's, it's interesting enough, but there's just stuff where it's like, I don't know if I would really want to talk about it. And so, I really started struggling, figuring out what am I going to talk about for this week. And then, in the college f- football space, uh, Colorado is the talk of the town, Deion Sanders, putting on an absolute master class pretty much his in his Colorado team and beating TCU and now they're in the top twenty five so they're gonna be a talk of college football for the rest of the season and probably into next year. Um so with that I was like okay what can I do with Colorado? Well Denver Nuggets. We can do an all time team and that was and then it was also one of those things where I wanted to do an all-time team for a division I haven't done yet, and I have not done the Nuggets division. So here it is, all-time and all-prime teams for the Denver Nuggets. Let's go ahead and jump into it. Hit that music. You're listening to The Assist with Trevor Hart. All right, starting with the all-time team. Um... I'm not going to lie, point guard's tough. There was like three or four options. Of course, can't have three or four point guards on this kind of team. So, starting point guard, I went with Fat Lever. Also, Lafayette Lever. But, you know, goes by Fat. So, in his career, overall, I mean, 13 points, 6 rebounds, 6.2 assists for a 6'3 point guard. In his time in Denver... He averaged 17, 7.6 rebounds, and seven and a half assists. So pretty much he gets a rebound for every assist, which is incredible. And I mean, and you can see it in his highlights if you watch him. He's just like a prototypical point guard. He can shoot mid-range very well, smooth shot, great assist, but it's the rebounding that really gets it done for fat. And um Someone who I completely forgot about, to be honest. Um, I have, I mean, I've had a few basketball cards of him, and I've, I recognize him, but um, you really do not recognize how good he was for the Nuggets. And, I mean, the thing with this Nuggets all-time team is that there's a lot of solid point guards that play for them, but none of them are really, like, transcendent. Because, I mean, like, you go look at other teams that we've done. I mean, like, the Heat, their point guard is Tim Hardaway. He's one of those ones where he's solid, but, you know. Oscar Robinson for the Bucks, who's also that for the Kings. Uh, the Spurs, we had Tony Parker. So, I mean, and there's a lot of guys kind of like that. The Lakers, obviously Magic Johnson. I mean, the Jazz, John Stockton, the Pistons, Isaiah Thomas. So you have a lot of these teams where they're like, oh, yeah, I mean, they they have a all-time great point guard. Just slot them in there. Fat Lever and the Nuggets, it was tough. I mean, they have some, I mean, Hall of Famers, but they're not, like, known for being in Denver. And so, I mean, like... Mahmoud Abdul-Ralph was a name I strongly considered, but he was just out by the wayside. Um, 
Another thing that really helped Fab was a two-time All-Star, 86-87 All-NBA, and 87-88 All-Defensive team. And, you know, he spent a good chunk of his career in Denver. I think it was six seasons. Six seasons and an overall, let's see, he had starting in 82, ending in 94. So, half his career in Denver. So, yeah, big time. Uh, I went with Fat Lever. Shooting guard. David Thompson. And one thing I realized about this team is that I think the Nuggets might have... They have quite a bit of players on this all-time team that are pre-2000. Like, on this, there are only four players that are pre-2000, which, I mean, is a third of the lineup. But for some reason, there's just a lot of them that seem very old school. And David Thompson is old school. Um, The main catalyst behind Michael Jordan's style of play. I mean, David Thompson is like the blueprint. It's like him. I think Walter Davis was a big part of it because, you know, Jordan didn't watch the NBA growing up. He lived in North Carolina, so he watched NC State, UNC. And, I mean, no one better to watch at that point in time than David Thompson. Hall of Famer, five-time All-Star, two-time All-NBA, All-ABA in his rookie season where he only played one year in the ABA. All-rookie, All-Star MVP two times. 75-76 Rookie of the Year, and an ABA All-Time Teamer. Um, Just incredible. Someone who, I think, in his second year, I mean, his first year in the ABA, he was second in scoring. Let me see if I can find that points. Yeah, second in scoring. He was still 300 points behind David Thompson. But... Hey, what are you going to do? Um, Oh, sorry. He's still 300 points behind Julius Irving. Um, But, yeah, David Thompson, incredible player. Just if it wasn't for cocaine, probably. I think I said this in the first episode of the podcast, or maybe one of the first ones. I was talking about Hall of Fame. Um, I don't know. One of the first episodes I talked about David Thompson and how if it wasn't for cocaine, David Thompson would be one of the best players ever. He's still a Hall of Famer, but I think that's more based on his college career because he was, like, the guy at NC State. I mean, they beat UCLA with Bill Walton. They won a national championship, and it was all basically on David Thompson's shoulders, which is ironic because he tripped over a guy's shoulders when jumping so high that he then hit his head and they had to have, like, six stitches or maybe more in his head because he caught the end of his shoe on a guy's shoulder when like going for a rebound insane um yeah i mean sky he's skywalker what do you want me i think he's the best shooting guard in nuggets history i don't think it's even close um so yeah i went with david thompson Really wish that this guy would have played a full career. Only played 75 to 84. So, played nine seasons, but it could have been so much better for him. Uh, Let's see here. Small forward, Alex English. Another thing, and this this might be 
a little controversial because I think people think Nuggets small forward, they think Carmelo Anthony, which Melo's on the roster, don't get me wrong, but if you know me, Alex English is just one of my guys. Um, someone who, Hall of Famer, eight-time All-Star, scoring champion in 82-83, and a three-time All-NBA player. But the craziest thing to me is that in the entire decade of the 80s, think of all the great scores. You had Bird and Magic for the entire thing. Jordan came in in 84. You had Kareem all the way up until 88 or 89. He had all these great scores. Alex English leads the entire decade of the 80s in scoring. Now, was he on the best of teams? No. But... For a volume score like that, you know, to keep getting those points, even if he's not playing as long as these other guys. Bird and Magic grow into the finals about every year. Jordan was was going into the playoffs. I'm not sure about the Nuggets of the of that time if they were. Let's see here. Let me go to Basketball Reference real quick. Um. Okay, so we go to about the 80s of the Nuggets. Yeah, they're making it to first round semis, made it to the conference finals one time in 84-85, but mostly first round exits. So, to me, like, I mean, again, Bird and Magic are going to the finals each year. Like, of the 80s entire, of almost the entire 80s, you either had the Celtics or the Lakers in the in the in the finals. And for Alex English to lead that is incredible. I mentioned it when the NBA seventy five team came out that he was a huge snub for me. Uh, it, was, it was him, Chris Mullen, Bernard King, and Dennis Johnson. Those are my big snubs. But I really do think that Alex English was like, come on, how do you not have him on there? And this is another thing with this roster. Guys that really help great players pattern their game. Reggie Miller has said countless times that Alex English is a big part of Reggie Miller's game. And you can really see it. I mean, the jump shots are kind of similar. Um, it kind of got that higher release point. Like, and they keep the ball high quite a bit. Um, and you can kind of see where... Reggie got the hitting his wrist together because that's just that's one thing that Reggie did to get foul calls because if you when he'd shoot his wrist would come together and sound like someone hit him like and if it's loud enough a ref can hear it and they will call a foul so you can kind of see that in English's game but yeah to me best small forward in Nuggets history power forward Dan Issel, uh, to me, this was no contest either. I mean, when it comes to Dan Issel and I think of him, there are like four or five guys in the ABA who were just monsters. Some guys you just could not stop. And some of them didn't go on to have great NBA careers. But 
it's guys like for the Pacers, Mel Daniels, Roger Brown, those are the guys that didn't have great NBA careers. Artis Gilmore of Kentucky. Um George Gervin a little bit with the Spurs there. Um and Dr. J. And then Dan Issel. So there's like six guys. Dan Issel, both of Kentucky and the Nuggets, came to the Nuggets at the last year in the ABA. Um I mean, he's what in seven time all star. Five of them were with Kentucky, one with the Nuggets in the ABA, and one with the Nuggets in the NBA. And then he played until he was 36. Because <laughs> he started in 1970. Um, but yeah, he's just one of those guys where you look at him and you're just like, he's just one of the more dominant players in the ABA. And luckily, he's someone who made it into the NBA and had a very long career. Because, um, like I mentioned, Mel Daniels and Roger Brown, those guys that just did not do it that well in the in the NBA. And, I mean, in his rookie year, he led the ABA in points at 29.9. An incredible... I mean, he obviously won rookie of the year. Won a championship with Kentucky in 75. I think that was against the Pacers. That was, like, one of the ones the Pacers didn't win in the ABA because the Pacers kind of ruled the ABA. Uh, All-star MVP seventy in his second year in the league where he averaged more points. He got 30.6. Never went that close to 30 again, but, I mean, just a solid score. And, I mean, 22 points, 9 rebounds, and 2 assists for a career is pretty impressive. So, uh... Yeah, I went with Dan Issel. And I know he's more of a center, but he's all, I mean, let's take a look. 6'9", 235, to me he's power forward. Center is obviously Nikola Jokic, someone who, after the Nuggets won a championship, is now probably the best player in the world. Now everyone will recognize it now. Um, Up there in terms of a top player of all time, in my opinion. And, yeah, two-time MVP should be three straight. He should be in that club with Wilt and Larry Bird. But it's that thing of you have to be in that club. Finals MVP, five-time All-Star in his last five years. We're only in year – Nikola Yogi just played eight seasons, guys. And each time, each year, he's averaged ten points or more. Rookie year, he averaged ten exactly. And he was an all-rookie player in 15-16. Um, for someone, his year is crazy. In 22-23, 24.5 points, 11.8 rebounds, and 9.8 assists. Almost averaged a triple-double for the year. Uh, for his career, 20 points, 10 rebounds, 6.6 assists. So he's getting that assist number up considerably. Uh, for what he's done for the revolution of big men to really bring that along, the only thing is that, you know, people talk about it. He's in Denver. Not pe- not many people are going to watch Denver games. There are not a lot of, uh, n- uh, not network games, but like prime time games where the Nuggets are going to be on ESPN or TBS at like 
7 or 8 o'clock so people can watch Jokic. It just doesn't really happen that much. You really have to stay up and watch him in order to really see it. I mean, and luckily we got to see in the finals. But other than that, um, yeah, it's going to be a great career for Jokic. No question about it. And, uh, yeah, no question best center of all time. For the Nuggets. Six man. Went with Carmelo Anthony. I mean, obviously he was the next choice behind Alex English for me. Uh, one of the more just great scores ever. I mean, scoring champion in 2012-2013. NBA 75. 10-time All-Star. Just. Has he ever dipped? He didn't dip below 20 points a game until 2017-2018, his first year in OKC where he had to share with Russell and Paul Russell Westbrook and Paul George and he still averaged 16 points. He is yet to go below 10 points a game. An incredible score, one of the more smooth jump shots ever. I mean, if you play 2K, you're pretty much going to pick Carmelo Anthony's jump shot if you're doing my player. That's just how it is. I mean, it's just one of the more smooth jump shots. And the jab step is incredible on him, just trying to always fake everyone out. Yeah, mellow. If it wasn't for the last half of his career, well, maybe not the last half, but if it wasn't for the last, like, five years of his career... He would definitely be remembered way more. But now, I mean, we have a recency bias where we go, oh, God, that year in Houston, Portland was, eh. Then he played for the Lakers to be with LeBron. It's just like, yeah. But, yeah, to be mellow, I think he'd be a great six-man on this team. You could seriously slot him in two through four. In this lineup, and I think you'd be fine. Seventh man, I went with Spencer Haywood. Now, Spencer Haywood is known more for being in Seattle. I understand that. But his first year in basketball, in professional basketball, was with the Denver Rockets. He's an all-star. He led the ABA in points and rebounds. 30 points a game on dot and 19 and a half rebounds. And it made him MVP and Rookie of the Year. In his first year. My God. Just incredible. Uh, someone who really changed the game for, and I think it's someone that isn't recognized for it as much or not remembered for it as much. Haywood uh, left college, if, I think it was, I was reading about it earlier. It was, I think it was a sophomore coming out of college. The NBA rule at the time was that you had to be four years removed from high school. So, and the ABA kind of had a rule like that, but there was a hardship rule to where Haywood's mom was raising a lot, was raising a lot of children, and also they were uh, indentured servants, pretty much. I mean, uh, they were picking cotton in Mississippi. So, he had he was the exception. He fell under the hardship rule so he goes to Denver where he just kills it like no question just kills it and then the year after 
okay, you can go to the NBA. Goes to Seattle, does what he does. Uh, but yeah, for me, if you're an MVP, even if you're with that team for one year, if you're an MVP, you are on that all-time team. Because how many MVPs have been in Denver? Jokic and Spencer Haywood. That's it. So yeah, could he be the starting power forward? Yeah, but that also plays into, okay, it was only the one year. Dan Issel had a much better career with the Nuggets than Haywood did. It's just that if he's an MVP, he's on the roster. Eighth, Dikembe Mutombo. I mean, do we even have to argue this? I mean, mostly known in my, for me, he's known for playing for the Nuggets. He was an all-star his rookie year. Led the league in blocks for three years straight in Denver. Um, For a career, 9.8 points, 10 rebounds, one assist a game. And overall in blocks, 2.8 blocks a game for his career. He led the Nuggets past the Sonics to be the first ever eight seed to beat a one seed. That was when they were in five game series. That has changed (laughs) as of late. So yeah, or not as of late, it changed later on. Now it's seven, but I think there are talks going back. To that, it, there's so many different things, but yeah, Dikembe, just a solid defensive anchor. To me, no question. Put him in the lineup. Number nine, backup point guard Chauncey Billups. Um, I really did struggle with this just because when I think of Chauncey, I think of Detroit. I mean, it's Finals MVP. He was. An all-star in Detroit, except for two years, pretty much. He was an all-star in Denver, and so that was enough for me. All right, put him in there. In Denver, in his second stint, he averaged 17.9 and 19.5 points a game for the two years. So, yeah, I went with Chauncey. No question for me. Number 10 is kind of cheeky. I threw in Jamal Murray. I know he's a point guard, but on this team, he would be a shooting guard. Because you have Fat Lever and Chauncey Billups as your point guards. Not really known for shooting that well. David Thompson, not more athletic than anything. You need just a shooter. And so I threw in Jamal Murray. And the injury bug has really got him, but I mean, his past two years of playing... He's averaged 20 points a game. He hasn't averaged. He only averaged less than 10 points a game in his rookie year where he scored 9.9 points a game. And he played all 82 games as a rookie and only started 10. So, yeah, Jamal Murray, go ahead. Throw him in. Number 11, Bobby Jones. uh, More known for uh, Philadelphia and his times as just the sixth man. But he's an all in all ABA player. Let's see, he was an all rookie. He's a Hall of Famer. 
He was a three-time All-Star in Denver, so that gave him the nod, led the league in field goal percentage his first two years in the league, and then led it again in his fourth year. Always around 60%. That's crazy. Yeah, Bobby Jones, couple-time All-Star, and three-time All-Star in Denver. Go for it. And the last spot is Kiki Vandaway. Uh, someone who... I mean, he's a two-time All-Star. Both of them were in Denver, where he started his career. Almost averaged 30 points in his last year in Denver at 29.4. For his career, averaged 19.7 points, three, three and a half rebounds, is called at that, and two assists. And score, I mean... Small forward, power forward-ish. Um, but I was watching him earlier because, you know, I recognized the name, but I never saw anything on him. He could shoot it, but he was really good around the rim. Like, he could post up pretty well. He could get to the rim easy. He could do finger rolls, do easy reverse layups. It was very... It was cool to see that because, you know... I, I've never thought of him that way. When I look at him, I'm like, okay, seems kind of like a mid-range shooter. He looks boring. He just does. When you like look at him on a basketball card or anything on that, he just looks boring. And the fact that he was doing such creative things around the rim was really eye-opening. And uh, it was just great to see. So I threw him the last spot on the bench. So he might play, but most likely not. All right, let's go to all prime teams. So, starting point guard was Tim Hardaway. I mean, he played, I think he played a year there. I'm not even sure. Um, let's see, Hardaway. Played one season there, averaged 10 points. But, I mean, he was an all-timer on the Heat. Is Gonna be an all-timer on the Warriors when we get to that. And, yeah, he's just a great point guard and that killer crossover. Good Lord. And then we're gonna have another killer crossover right next to him, Allen Iverson. And this was tough because Allen Iverson was an all-star in Denver. But when you look at it, Iverson was an all-star, like, almost every year of his career. He was not an all-star for his first three years, and then was a consecutive All-Star from 1999 all the way to 2010. From 99-2000 to 2009-2010. And he was, like, pretty bad in that last, in those last few years. I mean, he would only play a few games. He was an All-Star... We played 57 games. He averaged 17 and a half. I mean, he, that's all he did. He played 57 games out of 82. He was an all-star in Denver when he played 50 in the, on the whole year. He played 65 after, after leaving Philly. Uh, Denver, the one in Denver where he's there the whole year makes sense. 82 games, 41 minutes a game, 26 points. But, I mean, AI was just not the same guy. 
that he was in Philadelphia. So I threw him in there. Could he have been the backup shooting guard on the all-time team? Yeah, but it was one pretty it was one good year. Small forward, Andre Iguodala, again, a guy who is probably going to be an all-timer on the Warriors team. I mean, he won finals MVP, but if I had to think about it, you'd have to throw in, like, Durant and Rick Barry. So there's your there's two small forward spots taken up. I don't know. We'll have to go there. We'll get there when we get there. But, I mean, Iggy, I mean, he was in Denver for quite a few Maybe two years. Let's see, Andre. Oh, he was only there for one year. Wow. Uh, 13 points. I think that was his stop before going to Golden State where he just flourished from there on. Power forward. George McGinnis. Again, another ABA guy. But I think McGinnis was in Denver after the ABA had already merged yeah 78 79 I mean he was an all-star that one year but uh again it's just tough with these if you have one good year with the team are you automatically in contention for all time no I think that McGinnis I think of him more in Indiana with the Pacers and the ABA I think of him more with the 76ers with the team that made it to the finals and lost to the Trailblazers there's just so many places I think of before Denver when I think of George McGinnis, so I threw him in a power forward. Center, DeMarcus Cousins, I think he's made, I think this is like his second or third appearance on an all-prime team. I know he was in, in uh, Milwaukee, and uh, let's just see here. Well, I know he was on the all-time team in Sacramento. Um, yeah, Milwaukee, Denver, that's the only one so far. Probably will make all prime on the Warriors, Houston, the Clippers. God, man, he was a journeyman there towards the end. Um, a, a really great player. It's just that after that injury in New Orleans, it just was not ever the same. And he's one of the more, I think, abrasive is the right word when it comes to Marcus Cousins, because he was just a guy who just talked all this crap. I mean, and he would back it up. He'd score 50 points, but he was also in Sacramento, so it didn't really make sense. And then it just got really tough, and then they trade him to New Orleans, and he gets injured. So, yeah, for putting him in his prime, Marcus Cousins is definitely on this list. Uh, then I had Paul Millsap, backup power forward. Just a solid scorer. I mean, there's nothing more much to him. Uh, power forward was kind of a slim spot. So, yeah, threw him in there. Number seven, Isaiah Thomas, the backup point guard. I, IT, king of the fourth quarter, Isaiah, not Zeke. Um, when Isaiah was in Boston... And there's like that two-year stretch where he was just kind of unstoppable. Man, he just took the whole world by storm. I mean, every he was I think he was everyone's favorite player that wasn't on your favorite team kind of thing. So, yeah, threw him in there. I mean, he, and he's a 60th pick. It's a great story. Um, and then, unfortunately, the 
car wreck that his sister was in killing her and then he had to play like that night or that the next day just crazy stuff um I've I know Isaiah's trying to get back into the league but I think his time has really passed if you're in if you're out of the league for a year you can come back but it's been like two years I think uh, let's see, Isaiah Thomas. So he played in 21-22. So, um, yeah. So if he's going to make a comeback now would be the time, but past few years just has, or the past two years just has not had that production at all. But he's only played 25 games in his past two years. So cut him some slack. They have Dale Ellis, uh, second week in a row, or second team in a row that Ellis has been on for all prime. Just a great all-time shooter. He was an all-star, too. Um, yeah, just a great shooter, just someone to come in off the bench and be a spark plug. Backup center was tough. It was <laughs> There was um, Marcus Canby, but he's more... He was per, too good to be on, like, too good for the Nuggets to be on All-Prime. Uh, Joe Barry Carroll, which um, I would have liked because, I mean, Purdue guy, but really, that's the best you got. Um, but I went, uh, then I found Roy Hibbert was in there. Two-time All-Star, uh, really, really good with the Pacers. Uh, verticality was, he was the anchor of that defense for them, and, uh, yeah, just a weird kind of career where after, once that core in Indiana left, it just never was the same for really any of them. I mean, Paul George has really ascended a little bit, but Hibbert fell, Steve, Lance Stevenson kind of fell, then he went back to Indiana where he's back up, then he left and he fell, then he went back and he's back up. Um, David West, I mean, he just started ring chasing after that. George Hill stayed with the Pacers the longest after that, but, you know. So, yeah, Roy Hibbert being on the Nuggets, I definitely remember that, but I just remember seeing pictures of him in a Nuggets jersey, like, during media day. And I'm like, that that's weird. Um, but, yeah, Roy Hibbert had him in there. So, and now, I believe backup... Small forward, if I can get the name right. Let me find it. Backup shooting guard slash small forward. He's a Hall of Famer, known mostly for being in Golden State. But he, I mean, didn't have that long of a career. I mean, he played, let's see here, a few, seven years. Out of Lithuania. Sarunas Marshallonis. Pretty good player. I mean, 12.8 points a game. 2.3 rebounds, 2.2 assists. 50% from the field. 36% from three. 76 from the free throw line. Hall of Famer, obviously, for him, for his overseas play. I mean, just a great player and when it came to the Olympics and stuff like that. Um... Yeah, he's a name I recognized. And I was like, you know what? I think that this is the second best small forward that I can put on this team. So, threw him in there. 
Number 11, Charlie Scott. Uh, I know him more for him being in college when he was at UNC. But he was an ABA player. I mean, he was a... F- he was an all-star a few times, and then he was even an all-star in the NBA in Phoenix. Um, his second year in the league, he averaged 33 points a game, which is just crazy, even for the ABA. Played in Denver's last two years. Yeah, pretty good shooting guard. I mean, he averaged 20 points for his career, four rebounds, and almost five assists. Hall of Famer. Five-time All-Star, as I mentioned. 76 NBA champ. That had to have been with the Suns. No, Boston. Wow, he was a champ with Boston. All-NBA player two times, an all-rookie player, and rookie of the year, and ABA all-timer. So, yeah, threw in Charlie Scott. And then the last spot, I think, is another power forward. Paul Silas. Two-time All-Star Three-time champion. I think that was with his stint with the Celtics. And all five-time all-defensive team. Was an all-star in Phoenix in 71-72. Uh, was an all-star in Boston in 74-75. Uh, he started his career in St. Louis playing for the Hawks. And during his career, they moved to Atlanta in 68-69. Uh, let's see here. 9.4 points a game, pretty much 10 rebounds, 9.9 a game, and 2.1 assists a game. Yeah, through in Paul Silas. I mean, this is it's one of these things I talk about quite a lot. When it comes to smaller markets and market teams, all prime teams are extremely hard to find. Just like, oh my god, they had this player, this player, this player, this player. It's like for LA. Let me find it. Let's see here. All Lakers. When you have Russell Westbrook, Lou Hudson, LeBron, Carl Malone, Wilt Chamberlain, Gary Payton, Anthony Davis, Derek Harper, Dwight Howard, Adrian Dantley, Steve Nash, and Dennis Rodman. Well, yeah, it's in L.A. People want to go to L.A. Same with Miami. People want to go to Miami. No one really wants to go to Denver. People might want to now because, you know, they get to play with Jokic. But, I mean... It's, it, good lord, it's not the best, it's not, people aren't flocking to go there. Uh, so honorable mentions were all prime, like Mark Jackson, Ricky Pierce, Kenny Smith. Those were the guys that didn't make the team. So, it's not like I'm trying to find, oh my god, well, this guy, ah man, I'm going to have to keep that guy over that guy and comparing him. It's just like. These are the names. I think these are the best. There's that. So, to recap, all time. Well, let's actually go all prime. To recap, all prime. Tim Hardaway, Allen Iverson, Andre Iguodala, George McGinnis, and DeMarcus Cousins starting with Paul Millsap, Isaiah Thomas, Dale Ellis, Roy Hibbert, and Sarunas Marshallonis uh, being the backups, and then Charlie Scott and Paul Silas rounding out the bench. And for the all-time team, Fat Lever, David Thompson, Alex English, Dan Issel, and Nikola Jokic starting. Carmelo Anthony is your sixth man, followed by Spencer Haywood, Dikembe Mutombo, Chauncey Billups, and Jamal Murray, with Bobby Jones and Kiki Vandaway rounding it out. 
So, with that being said, that will be it for this week. I just want to thank you for listening. This will be episode 93 of the podcast, and then so we'll have one more episode, and then I have a very special thing coming up for 95. So, just be sure to follow me on Twitter, at DEVRART00, and I'll talk to you next week. Peace.